Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. But this is an interesting player in that Cole Beasley uh, had kind of a salty exit. Hasn't said the nicest things about Buffalo since he left, right? Uh Tried to sign on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. That didn't work out for him. Retired. And now he's apparently coming out of retirement, signing with the Bills. Your thoughts? Wow. (laughs) Same. I was was stunned here. Cole Beasley is a Buffalo Bill once again. Joining the team for what we hope is a Super Bowl run. We have thoughts on that here coming up a little bit later in the program. But first and foremost... It's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined by my good friend, Nick Wotan. Nick, of course, is the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. Nick, what's good, my man? How are you doing this week? Oh, it's been a wild week on uh, Bills Twitter, but I'm glad we're just ready to talk about some football here, Ryan. And um, yeah, a, a, a Bills win, not the prettiest win, of course, but um, yeah, just a, just a 10 wins now, a couple even 500 in the AFC East, and this, this is the reason why, you know, I always kind of comment between, you know, my football and football loves with American football and European football that it's like just it's crazy how one week is is just from one week to the next. The Bills two weeks ago, there's no way they're winning the AFC East. Now they they I think I'm reading that they can clinch a playoff berth at least this Saturday already. So, I mean, how, how things go so quickly in the world of sports, man, it's uh, it's it's what makes this ride fun, though. It feels like they could clinch the AFC East this week if they beat Miami. They're two games up now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like they can realistically, not mathematically, but realistically, kind of clinch it this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in theory, right? Maybe not mathematically, but you know, math has never been my strong suit. I think if they beat Miami, three games up with what three to go, I think I like their chances. But we'll we'll see how yeah, that goes. I don't yeah. really know all the tiebreakers, but we'll get into Buffalo, Miami. We have some thoughts on that here coming up later in the show. Uh, I think where I want to lead off here, Nick, is. Does this one, does this win over the Jets pass the sniff test for you, right? Do you feel like this is a win we can really sink our teeth into, right? We talked last week about can the Bills win the Super Bowl without Von Miller? I thought the defense came out wearing the Von Miller t-shirts, right? <laughs> Key members of the defense wearing the t-shirts. They come, Greg Rousseau has his best game as a pro. He's all over the place. Uh, the defense was just dominant. And when you look at the the stats of this game, I mean, offensively, the Bills really struggled in this game, just like they did in the first meeting against the Jets, the Jets have a really good defense. They obviously know how to play the Bills, so you got to tip your cap to them. I mean, the Bills had 14 first downs. They were two for 13 on third down, Nick. Mike White almost doubled up Josh Allen in passing yards, and Mike White was like knocked out of the game twice in this one. Like, I thought, uh, I thought um, Matt Milano uh, really might have ended my, Mike White's career or life when he hit him, and that was such that was insane how hard Matt Milano hit him. Uh, So obviously the stats on the offensive side of it were not great. That's why Josh Allen was was forced to answer for it in the post-game presser. And he said, look, guys, we're 10 and three. Well, they're 10 and three, Nick, because the defense really showed up, right? The defense really put their foot down and shut down the Jets. And uh, I think the week after Vaughn Miller gets announced out for the season, that's got to be a good sign, right, for Bills fans. I mean, 
The Bills had a really good defense before Von Miller got here. We thought he might be that element that puts them over the top, but we got to remember, the Bills still have a pretty good defense even without Von Miller for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. It kind of was a tale of two games, right? Because uh, as we mentioned that... uh, Allen did have to, I guess, you know, quote unquote, answer for what was going on out there. Um, you know, he's pressed on it a little bit. And um, whether you like it or not, uh, the Bills defense really doesn't look like a Super Bowl caliber or Bills offense. Pardon me. does not look like a, a Super Bowl caliber um, defense or offense. Sorry. The defense, though, as you mentioned, Ryan, I mean, what more could you want from a group that just lost? Von Miller, right? I mean, they put a, a hurting on Mike White, and so much so that, I mean, the guys in both locker rooms, Bill's locker room and Jot's locker room, they were like, man, this guy, tough as nails, um, and you really can't even, if you're from Buffalo, whether you're from Orchard Park next to the stadium, or you're from East Rutherford, New Jersey, right next to the Jets and New York City, whatever, I mean, I don't think anyone left that game going, you know, Mike White's soft, like that guy staying in there, but that, I'll tell you what, uh, I still right now would be laying on the turf if Matt Milano hit me like that, and he got up and and he kept playing, man, and that was, like that was, honestly, for me, that was like the trademark of a clean hit too. He just got him and he got him good. And uh, yeah, Mike White went out there and uh, really, I'm not going to say he showed up Josh Allen or anything like that. You know, both offenses were stuttered very early. I mean, 10 straight punts. Uh, woof. What a, what an ugly day. Um, honestly, the MVP of the game, maybe Sam Martin for the Bills punter. I think he averaged 50 yards on like seven kicks who never kicked seven times in a game, right? But he was also the holder for four kicks in that really sloppy game. So Hey, you know, Sam Martin, shout out to the punter. And uh, yeah, yeah, but um, as you mentioned, uh, Super Bowl offense, no. Super Bowl defense, I don't know about that. But I mean, man, Greg Rousseau really showing why he was a first round pick. Um, he sat out because of COVID, I believe, in college. You know, the, the college players had like that option or whatever. I think he sat out his last year. So he kind of went under the radar. But he, he was really turning some heads when he was down in Miami uh, in school. Um, and the guy's just like prototypical, just like a big dude coming off the edge, right? Two sacks, really impressive. Also worth mentioning, Iggy Epinesa was pretty solid too. He had another sack. Um, we've been hearing a lot about Shaq Lawson kind of being back. That's true too. Shaq Lawson had another sack. But AJ Epinesa had that had the the game ceiling play, of course, where he he batted down the final pass by uh, our our tough as nails Mike White. And um, yeah, just the defensive line is kind of just rolling along. Of course, you know, it, it, I think something has to be said that they were playing the the beat up. New York Jets offensive line, right? You know, not exactly the biggest test, but, you know, hey, you know, we, we kind of overlook it a little bit too much, I think, in sports when when a team that does what they're supposed to do, you know, we don't get too hyped up about it. And, you know, credit to where the Bills uh, front seven, where it's due, you know, they, they're having these problems, these weird situations over in cornerback. Um, last last week, Kyir Elam, uh, first-round rookie, inactive, healthy scratch, not a good sign. This week, active. Played zero snaps on defense, though. Xavier Rhodes started last week, now inactive. Dane Jackson started across from Tredavious White. Round and round we go at this cornerback position with the Bills. But, hey, when you're getting Greg Rousseau just dominating uh, tackle out there and A.J. Epinesa, I mean, hats off to those guys. It was really impressive, and and you love to see it. You love to see it. Um, The Bills didn't have their closer out there, but, uh, you know, I don't think they were calling the bullpen late. I think they had exactly who they wanted out there going, going, going really well. Yeah, and you mentioned Trey White, Nick, and just give me just give me a minute on him, right? He plays every single snap on defense. So we said this all along the season. We're like, at some point, the Bills are going to get Trey White, Trey White back healthy, 
and he's going to be a hell of an addition for a Super Bowl run, right? Now, Von Miller out, Trey White, though, back playing every snap, back to being your top corner. So, I mean, if Bills fans are looking to hang their hat on something and say, okay, we're going to be okay without Von Miller, well, Trey White being back and being able to play every snap and looking like himself again is is pretty good. A little inconsistent. I think Trey would say that he's not 100% where he wants to be in terms of, you know, his play. Um, but the important 100% that we're talking about, Ryan, the 100% of snaps that he played in the Bills defense for the first time since Thanksgiving 2021. Well, the game before that, I should say. He got hurt that that game. So the week before then or whatever, that was the last time that he played a uh, mid-November last year. And it was that, that's just awesome to see. And at the perfect time, right? You know, the Bills... You know, they lost their other closer in Von Miller, but when you're when you're getting a guy like Trey White back out there to 100%, I mean, give me that heading into the place playoffs, please. You're going to start playing some really good quarterbacks week in and week out. Um, yeah, it's it's just good to see him there. But please, Bills, uh, it, it sounds like they want Kyrie Elam to get back out there. Probably makes sense. He's your first-round rookie, but please figure the rest of that, that secondary out. Because the last couple of years, that's the group that led this team, right? But... Of course, no Micah Hyde. You're kind of, kind of floundering out there with Demar Hamlin. Jordan Poyer still playing great. Um, yeah, so give me, give me that hundred percent Troy White uh, uh, playing all those snaps. It's, it's really, really, really almost warms your heart, right? Because he's such a good guy. Uh, just, just really what, what you see in you know the press conferences and stuff, and him talking and him joking around that he's the goalie of the Buffalo Sabers and stuff. Like that's not him like putting on an act. Like that's Trey White. He's like really a good dude. So to get him even just back out there for that reason is awesome. Yeah, and in terms of who's lining up opposite him, Nick, uh, you can try to bury Dane Jackson all you want, all you want, but Dane Jackson will still uh, he will emerge, right? He, they love him. Sean McDermott loves him, and you know, I know you're right. They, they love him so much that the musical chairs will probably continue. If you're looking for stability in the corners, uh, sorry, <laughs> they might, they might, that might continue that thing. Uh, so I think it all adds up to good stuff, right? The Bills learned enough from Von Miller, right? If Greg Rousseau is taking a step forward, if these guys can rally around them around and say, hey, we're going to win this for Vaughn, we're going to get him another ring. Uh, he helped us so much this year, whatever, whatever you want to say. And they can give you that pass rush, and now you're getting it together on the back end. Yeah, you have a Super Bowl caliber defense. The Bills have been one of the best defenses in football for years running now. Uh, the the question that continues to be out on every headline right now, uh, and it's obviously because of the post game that we referenced, is the Bills... Good, are they good enough on offense? This is also a topic on the Get Up Show. I think Dan Orlovsky was talking about this, Nick. He's saying the offensive line is not good enough. Josh Allen's in too many third downs. He, I think he called it third and hope, right? Third and hope. It's just like a lot of hope balls by Josh Allen, and it's not going to be sustainable, and the Bills are it's, they're eventually going to fall on that sword. And I just disagree. <laughs> I just disagree. I understand it's not going to look great against tough division opponents that play you really well in bad weather. I get it's not going to look great. I understand it wasn't pretty. I understand the Bills punted way too much, as you said earlier, Nick. I understand the third third down conversions was horrible. I get it. And again, I mentioned Josh Allen threw about half the passing yards as Mike White, who got knocked out of this game twice. And I thought he was going to be in the hospital yeah. before the end of the game after Milano hit him. So I know it was ugly, but I still think, you know, once we get into the playoffs, it's going to be good enough, right? It's going to be good enough. You have Josh Allen, you got Stephon Diggs, if they can just get Gabe Davis right or some type of compliment to Diggs in the passing game, I think that's been a little lacking. And yes, if they could figure it out on the offensive line a little bit better uh, and maybe fix the run, maybe not make it so Josh Allen has to lead you in rushing, like 
I don't know. I think at the end of the day in the playoffs, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. It'll, it'll look just like that game against the Chiefs if it has to. And they'll go shot for shot if they have to. And it'll be, it'll, it'll be all good. And it, it's going to come down to the end of the game. Can the defense, can the offense, can they get the stop? Can they get the score that they need at the end? It's going to be that type of situation. We're just going to have to see, did they learn from the close losses of past years, right? Can they get over that hump? Uh, we've been talking about it all year. I still think this is a Super Bowl offense. <laughs> just, just, to come on here and say it's not, Nick, I think is just, it's kind of crazy talk. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's definitely, I think, a lot to like about the uh, about the Bills offense. Um, you still... It comes down to Josh Allen, and and I think the two things weighing on the Bills' offense right now, a slate against AFC East opponents. Um, I predicted, as we've talked about a couple times, I thought the the Bills would lose that Patriots game, you know, just the wacky Thursday to Thursday type thing. You know, that was my prediction, and my prediction was that just because it's 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 this. I think the fan base has just been so accustomed to a team just rolling the division, and that is. That is so rare. Like they went six and zero last year in the division. I think they went five and one maybe the the year before. Excuse me, two years ago they went six and zero. Last year I think they went five and one with the only loss being that Patriots tornado kind of game, right? So I think that that fans just got so used to you know oh the division we own the AFC East. Whoa, whoa, whoa! They, they, these teams are trying here too, and they see you twice. You know, football is a game where seeing somebody more than once really makes a big difference, and I think that's that that's a big thing here where you know the Bills are playing. They're they're playing a good defense too. Like let's not the statistically speaking, we're gonna get on this Bills Wire podcast and we're gonna say the Bills have a good defense. Okay, well then if we're gonna do that, the Jets in almost every category I think have a better ranked defense than the Bills, yeah, and we're saying the Bills have a good defense. So we gotta give it up to the Jets a little bit here, right? They're and so yeah, they are very. I mean, Quinn and Williams that was a big loss for them. Big loss in the middle of that. Um, the problem that the Bills have had kind of for a couple of years now has been that interior, their, their offensive line. Roger Saffold seems like he can kind of do some things, but it's not short up completely there. I think they might have jumped the gun on extending Ryan Bates. Mitch, Mitch Morris, I felt, kind of leaves a little bit to be desired for, for at least when he first signed. I think he was like the second or first highest paid center in the league. And you know how football works, Ryan. Like 10 minutes later, that's not the case anymore. Uh, someone somewhere is getting paid. But um, yes. yeah, I think that that offensive line just was that's that's a tough matchup for them. That Jets front, it's a tough matchup for a lot of teams though. So, so that was my first elongated answer. Um, the Jets defense. Second, Josh Allen's elbow. Um, he has even said that he's just gonna. It's something he's gonna have to deal with. And I think I I I have like a, a I don't know a sneaky suspicion, gut feeling, whatever whatever you want to use. I feel like that's a little bit more of a thing that he's making it out to be. Um, just in terms of maybe his accuracy on a play or two, maybe when he's getting, you know, rushed a little bit, it kind of, maybe something flares up on when he's throwing it, who knows that elbow is still there though, folks. And, and that's, you know, you, you would rather have Allen be a hundred percent. So, Hey, if the bills keep rolling though, and they got, there is the possibility here is the possibility with that knock on wood, not, that was me knocking on wood. Maybe the bills are in a position where heck. Week 17, week 18, those last games, that last game, it doesn't matter. Throw Matt Barkley out there, throw Case Keenum out there, whatever. And then maybe they got that bye week already locked up, too. Josh Allen getting a couple, at least a week off, two weeks off for that elbow. I think that's I think that's going to be pretty big for this team. They were saying that he could miss multiple games. He didn't miss any time. And it's just, again, we've said it on the pod, Nick. Oh, that story just evaporated. Oh, Josh Allen's fully healthy. He's fully healthy now. And it's just not. 
That's not the way it works. Uh, that elbow is still obviously there. How healthy can it be in the playoffs? Can the Bills make a run? I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be right there. I think it's going to come right down to the end uh, against a good team like Cincinnati or the Chiefs or one of these teams. And we'll see if the Bills can finish it this time. That's that's what it comes down to. Uh, the Jets, they're a tough division opponent. They play the Bills really well. The Dolphins did earlier this year as well. Are the Dolphins ready for the Bills? Are the Dolphins ready for some snow in Buffalo? We're going to talk about that coming up next. But And we also have to get to... The plot twist, Nick. Cole Beasley? Is Cole Beasley back with the Bills? Oh, yeah. All right, we got to talk about Cole Beasley being back as well. We'll do it right after our friends over at thehuddle.com. Big week right now for fantasy, right? Fantasy playoffs. Our friends over at thehuddle.com are going to give us advice, and we'll be right back. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan, coming out of the bye week, takes on a Vikings defense that has allowed eight finishes of QB 13 or better in the last nine games. Just two defenses have given up more points to quarterbacks in 2022, and one of them allowed double the rushing scores as Minnesota. This matchup is 30.3% better than league average. Even a fading star like Ryan should be able to exploit Minnesota's secondary. Kansas City Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco at Houston Texans. This matchup profiles better for Pacheco finding success than his red hot backfield mate Jarek McKinnon. Since week 9, running backs have averaged the 7th most rushing yards per game and a touchdown every 36.8 attempts, but this is the number one defense to exploit on the year. 15 times a running back has made it into double-digit PPR territory, and this matchup is 28.6% better than league average. McKinnon will get his, but Pacheco should finish on the border between RB1 and number 2 performers. Washington Commanders wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus New York Giants. The rookie wideout posted 5 receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown on nine targets before the bye week hit. Now, Dotson will take on a Giants defense again, his opponent from the aforementioned Week 13 showing. He was involved more as a receiver of late, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see that continue down the stretch. New York has allowed wide receivers top 10 stats for receptions and yardage per contest since Week 9, and this defense has given up a touchdown per game to the position during that window. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns versus Baltimore Ravens. After missing Week 13 with a bum knee only to return for a 7-catch, 59-yard, one touchdown line on nine looks in his first contest with Deshaun Watson under center, and Joku faces a Baltimore defense that has done a pretty good job of limiting tight ends of late. He was good for 14.1 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown in week seven. Consecutive tight ends have posted at least 12 PPR points against this defense in the most recent pair of games, and eight tight ends have posted at least 10 points versus the Ravens in 2022. Six touchdowns have been scored by the position on the year. Don't be scared off by the name brand of Baltimore's defense. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. And Nick, as we mentioned before the break, old friend Cole Beasley is back. Uh, so uh, this is an interesting player. He's expected to sign on with the Bills practice squad. He was once a fan favorite. 
Now, a lot of these guys, once a bill, always a bill, right? So I'm sure Bill's Mafia will welcome him back with open arms. But this is an interesting player in that Cole Beasley uh, had kind of a salty exit. Hasn't said the nicest things about Buffalo since he left, right? Uh, Tried to sign on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. That didn't work out for him. Retired. And now he's apparently coming out of retirement, signing with the Bills. Your thoughts? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I I was stunned here. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I didn't expect it to see how fast it went too, Ryan. It was like uh, you know, last night you had, um, which is crazy. What is it? Your boy Xander Bogarts too. Who, like told that guy, told that fan, like in the crowd the other day, and, like, yeah, I'm not coming back to Boston. And he was legitimately like being honest. That that is bizarre. That's like not quite that. This is not quite that level. Pouring salt in the uh, wound there, Nick. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, it's <laughs> too soon. Um, the uh, yeah, there was someone like it all started like, and again, I just was blaming Twitter for the downfall of modern journalism, which I still stand by. But um, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it was like I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure Ryan that it was like some guy was like. I'm pretty sure Cole Beasley was on my flight from Baltimore to Buffalo just now. And then Cole Beasley like favored the tweet and then it started. And then people were like, Cole Beasley's in Buffalo right now. That's how it started. And then the helicopters start hovering. And yeah, this is what it is for Cole Beasley. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. That was it. And then all of a sudden I woke up this morning and, you know, I, you know, get up at about seven something, um, get my cup of coffee, let Ross go out. Who's been quiet today? Thank God. Yeah, I, by the time, like I, I said to you before we got on here, I was like, oh, yeah, I was trying to formulate my day. I'm going to attack Bill's wire today and whatever else I got to do for USA Today. And, um, yeah, I just I, before I even formulated a plan, Mike Mike Garofalo told me that he's he's on the Bills. <laughs> so that's how it happened. Um, in terms of Beasley on the field, um, I mean, I'm, I'm interested really to see how this goes, um, you know, if I, I'm, I, I keep getting people – telling me, you know, I, I question the move a little bit because he's not on the Buccaneers, you know, because the Buccaneers are bad. It's He's not on the Buccaneers because it wasn't working out there. Like, there's a reason why he's not <laughs> he's, there. He's washed. Yeah, he wasn't good on the Buccaneers. People are like, oh, well, he had five targets and four catches. Yeah, he had like 17 yards, too, on like four catches. Like, that's that's also not great. That's like he caught a few catches over the middle and then instantly got tackled. Like, <laughs> And also, Brady only I, wants I to throw it two yards now that he's turned 45. You know, Brady's not trying to let plays develop anymore. He just wants to throw it, which I think is why he's like, yeah, yeah, let's get Cole Beasley. He could get open really fast and I just throw him the ball. And yeah, the fact that Brady didn't want to keep him around or Bucks or it wasn't working there is not not the greatest sign. That was kind of my gut reaction when I, I saw it. I had someone tell me, too, that like, like, oh, the Bucks are having a bad year. Um, and just because, you know, Cole Beasley did bad, like, does that mean you don't want Mike Evans either? Either, and I was like, "Dude, Mike Evans is on pace for a thousand yards. What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, I mean, if you ask Bucks fans, Mike Evans is a sure, like almost first ballot Hall of Famer to Bucks fans. Mike Evans, and you probably yeah, he, wouldn't think it, but he probably is. He's probably a Hall of Famer. That guy. He's super good. I mean, he's getting a little criticism now because he's not getting the touchdowns that he once got. But like I said, he's on pace for a thousand yards. He's literally had a thousand yards every year in his career. I looked at it today because I did the math that he's still averaging on pace over the next month that he's going to get, you know, he needs 200 some yards to get. He's at just over 800. He could easily have a hundred yard game, like two out of the next four. And then boom, he's over a thousand, maybe 1200 he's pushing or something, you know, um, but anyways, Mike Evans, we're not talking about him, we're talking about Cole Beasley. But yeah, I'm just interested to see how this works. Um, it's funny. Um, 
Joe Marino. He works at the Draft Network. Uh, they do a lot of you know really good stuff around obviously the draft time. And uh, Joe's a Joe's a Bills fan. I think he's down in like Carolina though or something. Um, good guy. And uh, he said that uh, speaking of Carolina, he said, "Yeah, the Bills went. The Bills have traded in going for." all former Panthers players to now signing all former Bills players because they just brought John Brown back. Now they got Cole Beasley back. It's like, all right. And they had AJ Klein back. They, they claimed yes. him on waiver. Like they just claiming all these former Bills players. And um, yeah, um, it's, it's kind of funny that it's true, but it's going to be really interesting to see how Cole Beasley works, man. It's uh, you know, the, it, there's a reason it didn't really work out in Tampa, but at the same time, there's, you know, it's a different team. It's a different system. And, you know, I responded to somebody too this morning when I, uh, you know, me, I don't tweet a lot, but if I feel like I have something cheeky to say, or if I think I'm funny, then I'll say it on Twitter. Um, usually it's only me that thinks it's funny, but, um, I said something, you know, about Cole Beasley not working out in Tampa, you know, everyone's like, Hey, Cole Beasley's back. And I was like, well, you know, he didn't do great last time. He's not going to, you know, they're not going to single-handedly win the Super Bowl because they signed Cole Beasley here. Come on guys, relax. And, you know, I admit it. Like I said to somebody, I replied to like one or two people. I said, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm fine with being wrong. I'm just saying that like, you know, he wasn't great when he was just in Tampa a couple couple weeks ago. Um, so, yeah. And, and and that little intermediate game, maybe that'll help the Bills. You know, I mean, a lot of their drives stalled, as we said at the top of the show, 10, 10 punts in a row, not from the Bills. They just combined two, but 10 punts in a row in that game. Cole Beasley was the man at extending drives for the Bills. Let's not forget that. I mean, I think, um, you know, a little thing called COVID-19 kind of, uh, you know, him and his his thoughts on COVID-19 might have distracted him last year in Buffalo. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think that's OK to say um, now. Now, I think we all know that hindsight 2020 that that's probably distracting. But he was an all distraction. <laughs> for Cole yeah, 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 yeah. And now that, that that that's kind of subsided, I think it's a good time to bring him back. Uh, and, and it makes sense, I think, logistically. You know, you don't really have that presence over the middle of the field. They were really hoping Isaiah McKenzie could be it, and he's just a little. He's not quite there yet. Um, I, I don't think, and I think he's more of a gadget guy. And you know, and that's not a way to. That's not a way to degrade Isaiah McKenzie either, because I'm sure there's jet sweeps and the vision that he has on those plays that are are, are better than even that Stefan Diggs could have. You know. Um, He's he's good in his own right, but Cole Beasley was just the next level slot wide receiver. The two years prior to that, uh, to last year, his first two in Buffalo, he was I think the number one or number two yardage guy from out of the slot in the entire NFL. So hey, you know if they, if he can contribute over the the uh, next month or so, um, get into like a little bit of a groove again with Josh Allen. Not that he really even needs it. I mean they know, they know each other. I mean, why not? I would love to be proven wrong. I'm just, it's just curious, you know? I mean, he was not great. And it's not like, oh, he was with Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. No offense, Davis. He was with Tom freaking Brady, who, you know, okay, he's, he's, you know, not having the best year. And, you know, the Bucks have their issues on the offensive line. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, they were really in desperate need for anybody who could catch the ball at that point, And they it just didn't work out for Cole Beasley. So I'm curious. I'm curious, Ryan. I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, I, I, I think it's a smart, savvy move. I will say though, at least, you know, um, at this time of the year, you're not going to find a much better option. Yeah. I mean, he's signing to the practice squad too. So it's not like he's going to take over Isaiah McKenzie's well, spot, is right? They're going to work him out and see how it looks. And, and he obviously has got some camaraderie with Josh Allen knows the offense. So yeah, no, I do think it's a savvy move. I'm interested to see, I, I'm not expecting much on the field. Can Cole Beasley give you maybe a couple third downs during the stretch run? Maybe. Uh, you know, I wouldn't leave that out, but I'm interested to see the fans, the reception of the fans, Bill's mafia, like that whole thing. Are you just, is it, do you just forget everything? If you put the laundry back on, is that how we do it? 
Are, or are you going to keep ripping Cole Beasley for, you know, what was he saying about Buffalo, Nick? I know he didn't say the nicest things about Buffalo after he left. Yeah, he kind of was just like, I'm glad I left. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he said that, you know, I know the one thing he said verbatim is that um, he won't um, he won't regret leaving uh, Buffalo. Um, so there is that. Uh, he said something like, I'll never come back to Buffalo. There it is. He says, you don't have to uh, insult me. I'm not resigning back with Buffalo, though. And then <laughs> Joe Welcome back. at Buffalo wins. He, re- <laughs> he retweeted it with a that's fake news. Uh, <laughs> so, um, He's back. Yeah. But, uh, and, and also there were, there were uh, salary reasons why the Bills were probably going to move on. It, it was an interesting thing because – you know, you go to those websites, and I know we said uh, last week that I'm no capologist because I'm not. But the one thing I do know is how you know dead money and how much you can save a little bit by cutting a player. If you're asking me what mental front flips Brandon Bean can do to find two million dollars in cap space, you are coming to the wrong place. But I know when they let Cole Beasley go, he was like the clear guy. Him and AJ Klein were like the clear guys who like you need to cut to like get that salary cap space and. But Brandon Bean always said, he's like, no, we're expecting him back. We're expecting him back. And it just like seemed like the writing was always on the wall, you know? And, um, yeah, and uh, let, let's not forget uh, this. This And maybe you were potentially going to get to this, Ryan, so I don't want to steal your thunder. But I'm going to maybe anyways. I don't know if you've spoken to our friend KD over yet at the Cowboys Wire. But um, they signed a wide receiver, too. And his name was not Odell Beckham. So I think this oh, is God, saying God, a little why? something about how – yeah, T.Y. Hilton is now on the Dallas Cowboys. Another of the two of the three teams who hosted OBJ have decided, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks right now. Because I, I, I'm guessing that this is signaling, you know, maybe in the future, sure, next year, Odell, like we could talk a multi-year deal or something. But uh, it seems like this is the team saying, hey, you can't work out for us. Then this ain't going to, you know, this ain't going to work right now. We can't sign you to a three-year deal if, if you know, we're not 100% sure that you can get back out there right now. Because, you know, they want teams like the Cowboys, teams like the Bills, like they are going for it right now. The Giants, maybe not quite. They're, they're you know, and the, the Giants are having a good good year for, their, you know, maybe not a good Sunday against the Eagles. But um, they're having a good year that nobody expected. And they they're seem to be on the upswing a little bit with our old friend Brian Dable. But they're in the first year of their operation there. Like they, they could all certainly tell Odell, yeah, we want you to be part of the solution, but it's not going to be for this year. So, yeah, they want it. It seems like, you know, OBJ is not going to a team that uh, needed him for a Super Bowl run like he did uh, last year with the uh, Rams. Bills fans, you know, you know, Cole Beasley, some parting shots. Then he, you know, cozies up with Tom Brady of all quarterbacks. And now you're going to welcome him back with open arms. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious about that. We'll see if Cole Beasley can earn his way back into the good graces of Bills Mafia or if it's just automatically there again. All right. I'm not accusing anyone of anything, Nick. I'm just going to be innocent bystander here. Uh, but we got to move on to the Dolphins. These guys. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, be politically re- uh, correct here. But the Dolphins had heaters near their bench in L.A. This has been a big story that Bills fans have been chirping about, especially on social media. Nick, our favorite. Uh, they had heaters near their bench inside a dome at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, with the temperatures outside hovering around 55 degrees. And obviously the Dolphins are coming to Buffalo here to play a Saturday night game in Orchard Park. The temperatures are going to be cold and it's supposed to be snowing. (laughs) So uh, the Dolphins, Nick, uh, don't seem to be the most comfortable bunch outside of their warm climate down in Florida, right? The South Beach. And also they've lost two straight games to the 49ers and Chargers. And uh, they've only scored 17 points in each of those games. So 
uh, Bills might be catching Dolphins at the right time. Maybe Dolphins running out of steam. Maybe the Dolphins aren't going to like these cold weather games here coming up against the Bills, Jets, and Patriots, I believe. They have cold weather games coming up. So how do you feel about that? How do I put it to you, Ryan? What comes around goes around. And that is one thing I will say with the silly Bills Mafia banter sometimes we were talking about at the top. I am on board with that. Uh, Week three, Bills were in that scorching heat on their sideline down in South Beach or wherever the heck. I don't even know where the Dolphin Hard Rock Stadium is. You know, you know, the Bills are in Orchard Park now, not Buffalo. I don't know where the heck uh, where the heck the Dolphins play. But um, for all intents and purposes, it's it's there in Miami and they are in the shade and the Bills were not in the shade in week three. And it you could tell in that game that the Bills were wiped out. The Bills probably lost many pounds on that sideline Stephon due to Diggs, water weight and sweating. Yeah, and, Stephon couldn't even get through yeah. the game with cramps. And simply, Ryan, you hate to see. You hate to see when the power cable goes out on the heaters at the Bills sideline on Saturday, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's technical difficulties in this cold, <laughs> you know, snowy I'm weather. I'm sure they won't go that far, but, you know, uh, yeah, the heaters out in, the heaters out in uh Good grief. The Bills I mean, will learn, Nick. The Bills stadium, will learn. That's but... something Belichick probably would have done back in the day. Yeah, the Bills will learn. This is how you win Super Bowls. Hey, you know, whatever. It's not my fault if their headphones also don't work on the sideline either. So. I think one time the Patriots <laughs> famously, uh, the bro- the uh, play-by-play uh, broadcast with Scott Solak, who is an old, horrible backup quarterback for the Patriots back in the day, the Bledsoe days. Uh, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott Zolak was the backup quarterback. Now he does... Uh, he does a radio show for one of the local radio sports radio stations, and he does color for the play-by-play. And Mike Tomlin had uh, Scott Zolak in his uh, headphones during the game, like the feed to his quarterback cut out <laughs> and his coaches, and he was just, uh, he was just, it was just Scott Zolak in his ears. And and Tomlin to- said it after the game. He's like, I was listening to the play-by-play broadcast. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. So I, again, the Bills I will do learn. Remember him. The Bills yeah. will learn some of this stuff, but not to not to cut you off there. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's a great no, point. I mean, those hey, those heaters like, might go like out. Said, what comes around goes around. Yeah, they might they might go out just randomly. Hate when that happens. Uh, <laughs> what about the spread? I told you that I bet the Jets last week, not expecting the Bills to lose, but expecting that game to be within ten points, was probably helped by a safety there. But hey, whatever, you know, cash that one. Shameless plug again. The Bills are again huge favorites against uh, a division opponent at home. This time, seven and a half points. Nick, how you feeling about that spread? What's your gut reaction? I don't know. It's it's quite a lot for my taste. You know, the NFL is a week to week league. Um, the the Dolphins did not look great going across country, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be they're going to be really motivated in this game. Um, I think I like the Bills in this one. Uh, if we're talking money lines here, but you know, if it keeps going up. You know, you get you get somewhere. I don't think it's going to go all the way up to double digits or anything like that. That sounds crazy, unless maybe uh, Tariq Hill gets ruled out. He's dealing with a little bit of an ankle situation this week, I guess. Um, but now I guess I wrote the story. Yeah, he's dealing with an ankle thing this week. <laughs> maybe I should speak correctly, Ryan. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it, it it's it's a pretty. I might be I might be taking your side of it this or from last week your side of it and going with the taking the points if I can. Because um, that's still a good team with the winning record, you know? I mean, the Bills have laid eggs. The Bills laid an egg kind of last week by some standards, you know? Uh, but they still won. They still, you know, they still did their thing. You know, the, the the Dolphins laid an egg last week, and they can come back and look like a brand new different team against the Bills. And we'll see. We'll see. But uh, uh, but also, the you know, the Dolphins didn't look great either in the first time that they did beat the Bills. So, um, 
So I might just I might take those points. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm going with that spread. I think the Bills win, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. This time I'm kind of on the Bills side of it, just because if it's really going to be snowy and that cold, and the Dolphins are struggling that much in the passing game, and Tua has struggled the last couple of weeks. I know they played the 49ers one of those games, and the 49ers are freaking legit on defense. Uh, but that game against the Chargers was really ugly this past week. Uh, I don't know if it's if the the temperatures are in that cold and it's in Buffalo and the Bills are looking to lay it on the Dolph- a team that they've usually dominated, right? They're looking to lay it on Miami and Miami's not playing that well against these good defenses. I don't know. You know, and again, I think the Dolphins have taken a bit of a step back defensively too lately. I think they were playing a lot better defensively in that first game, Nick. So I'm actually I'm going to swing this one on you. I like the Bills. Now, if like you said, if the if the line keeps climbing like sometimes it does, it gets nutty with the Bills and these spreads sometimes. And if it gets up around nine points or 10 points again, like it did with the Jets, yeah, I'll take the Dolphins there. I don't think it's going to be like blowout of epic proportions. But if it stays at seven and a half, stays at seven, seven and a half, something like that, I think I would back the Bills here. And the Dolphins, I got to see it. I got to see them, Nick, come in the cold weather and the snow and play good football. You know what I mean? Uh, the heaters in a dome in L.A. is a little scary to me. That's scary for... uh Mike McDaniel and his crew over there, the Dolphins. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr., they picked him up as a running back. I think he's going to miss this game, right? So it's going to be Raheem Mostert. So they're down a couple backs. I don't know, man. I don't know. Can they can they be physical and play against uh, this Bills defense that basically sent, well, literally sent Mike White to the hospital? And Greg Rousseau was just freaking dominant in that game. They're wearing the Von Miller t-shirts. They're inspired on defense, Nick. So... Give me the bills. I'm I'm gonna back them. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay those points. I'm gonna back the bills. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's not not a. It's seven and a half is really truly a number that could go. That's tough. It is a tough number, you know. Uh, I mean, just because it's obviously a touchdown. So you know, somewhere always around seven points always makes me nervous because like a missed extra point like just ruins you, you know. And those are always the game that you missed missed extra point, right? When it's like two and a half or something or. You know, five and a half, like there's never like a missed extra point. But when it's seven, like the kicker just like kicks with his <laughs> eyes closed and extra points that day. Like it's just that's how yeah. it happens. It's, yeah. po- it's poetic when you're betting. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's t- I, it's definitely a line to monitor to throughout the week. Uh, do we talk? Did, did you touch on the over under uh, what, what that line's at? The over under right now, as we're talking again, this is uh, Tuesday afternoon, but the the early total 41 and a half. And that obviously I think I know where you're going with this, right? That could change based on the weather. Yeah, yeah, that's one to watch for the weather. Um, it's supposed to be an ugly day out, but oh man, that's a tough one. Forty-one and a half. I might like that over. It's pretty low for the Bills. Um, Even in the snow, have they? You know, have they do they put up points in the snow, Nick? I know you don't like them in the sleet, but what about the snow? Yeah, the snow. I don't hate them. Um, man, I'm, I might even go with that. That total could get weird if you know the forecast continues to be bad. If it's going to actually snow during the game like that, if it's going to be really cold, yeah. that's obviously the over under. I don't have to tell you about. You know, you watch that throughout the week. It could drop. Like if it's looking uglier, it can go down to thirty eight easily. You know, like give you yeah. another field goal or something. Yeah. So I think maybe look at the over. And uh, as usual, Nick and I are we're all over the place on the spread, so we probably didn't give anybody any advice there, any real advice. No, 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 no. Give me 30 seconds on what's coming up on Bill's Wire before we sign off here. Oh, plenty of previewing for this game uh, coming up. You know, storylines, things to watch for, all our matchups to watch. And, of course, you know, I mean, this Cole Beasley thing is going to be very interesting. I'm, uh, uh, You know you know me, I love reading between the lines. Uh, by the time this goes out on Thursday, we should have plenty of reaction to um, 
you know, unfortunately, we won't get Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey and Leslie Fraser, uh, the the coordinators, only speak once a week, and it's always on Monday, the day after the game, um, or whenever the day after the game is. Uh, you know, Thursday, Friday. You know, whenever the next day is, that's when they speak. So we're not even going to hear from the offensive coordinator about how they're going to utilize them, but. Of course, you're going to hear from Sean McDermott on his weekly Wednesday segment. So we'll bring you exactly how whatever Sean says uh, about bringing Cole back. Um, it would be interesting to see if Brandon Bean talks about it too. I'd love to hear his thoughts um, just basically on, you know, I think Bean will probably say something of how he, he did truthfully say all the way through last spring. We wanted him back, but they didn't get him back. Uh, now, now Cole Beasley is back. And finally... Ryan, I'm sure Cole Beasley himself is going to have some stuff to say. So all a lot yes, of Cole Beasley yes. wire going on this week for the Bills. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. That'll be great. I, I can't wait to hear what Cole Beasley has to say. We'll, we'll have to touch on that next week for sure. Uh, for Nick Wotan, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us on the pod. We'll catch you next week to break down Bills Dolphins. Looking forward to that. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.